The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. Hey, and welcome to the show. How is everyone today? Here we are after the Super Bowl. Hopefully, as I'm talking to you, we will not lose electricity or satellite connection on this call. But, hey, I guess I should congratulate the Ravens, and that's really hard to do since I'm from Pittsburgh, but always take the high road. So welcome to the show. Oh, we have a guest today that I know very well and I really like and I'm so happy to have him as our guest. And he is the executive director of College Summit. And I just so much enjoy getting to know him and Shana, who works with him, and the whole organization and their purpose. Welcome to the show, John. Thank you so much, Joyce. It's a pleasure to be here. So, John, how about if we start by you telling our listeners about College Summit, you know, what is the purpose, what do you do? Well, College Summit is a national nonprofit organization, and the fundamental purpose is to make sure that all students uh, are college and career ready. So the challenge that, that we're facing in the United States now is that we've fallen to ninth place in the world in terms of college education and post-secondary oh, training. Hold it. You mean graduating from college? Yes. college. Ninth uh, in the world. Ninth in the world in college com- completers. This is the first generation in U.S. history who will actually be less educated than their parents' generation. Oh, So we feel like that, that's sort of a crisis point, really. You know why that's terrible? Because on the other side of the world, health. Okay, right. I have Johnson's and Johnson's did a study saying that we will live longer than our children. So couple these two things together, it's a disaster because, as you well know, if you don't have an education, you probably can't get the job you want, and then you go into poverty, and then it just creates that spin that leads to poor health. And, yeah, this is really terrible. Yeah, we need to do something about that. Absolutely. Uh, We seek to increase college enrollment and post-secondary training. Um, Research has has, um, uh, informed us that in in their lifetimes, college graduates uh, will make a million dollars more in uh, uh, in terms of you know salary and and compensation benefits, that sort of thing, to to improve their lives. And so. We think that's a really important message for for children and families to to, to get. Um, so we seek to build a college going culture in schools, post secondary preparedness culture, and so that involves you know raising the academic level, raising the expectations, uh, not just for students but also for their families. 
um, our focus really, um, we, we're looking at all aspects of post-secondary planning. Um, our name says College Summit, and we certainly push four-year college, two-year college, but we also want students who, who are looking at other means of post-secondary preparation uh, to get the support and planning that they need for career and technical education, military service, really anything that that results in being productive and engaged citizens. That's what we're really all looking for. And, you know, ultimately, as we focus on low-income communities, uh, we're looking to break cycles of poverty. So we feel really good that we're not just influencing the students that we currently work with or, or the alumni of our program, but we know that once a person breaks a cycle of poverty, then generations to come in that family typically don't experience poverty. And so that's how we, you know, we're thinking not only are we changing individuals, but we hope we're transforming families and entire communities as we do that work. Well, and, you know, I still have not recovered from what you were telling us uh, about being nice in the world. I mean, have they done any studies, John, to come up with reasons why, why they think that is? A lot of it is academic preparedness. Um, one of the things, and, and actually I think you and, uh, and Mary and I were talking about this recently, uh, women's liberation, uh, the impact of women's liberation movement on education. And um, while uh, the, the baby boomer generation of, of women was really the first to break sort of that cycle of if, if you're educated and, and you know, engaged academically, you're, you're probably going to be a teacher. And so one of the aspects, is, I find it fascinating that as, as women advanced in opportunities, there was a negative impact on the education system because that, that very, you know, verbally precocious female student who typically became an English teacher went on to become an attorney or something else. And, and so there's another statistic that's really disheartening. You and I were talking about this as well. Currently, 79% of our educators finished in the bottom one-third of their college classes. So we have 79%. 79% of current educators finished in the bottom one-third of their college classes. So we're not attracting the professionals. We're not attracting the, the academic um, level of pre- uh, preparation in our educators that we really need in order to, to get students uh, to a level of preparedness to succeed in college. Uh, uh, in, in West Virginia, for example, there's a statistic recently that uh, nearly 50% of college freshmen take some sort of remedial course that is a course for no credit in order to, to, to raise them to, you know, the academic preparation they need to go on and, and begin college. So it's Oh, my goodness, that's terrible. Oh. And, you know, and for those of you uh, listening to the show, as you know, I'm all about disability, and I want to tell you another reason I wanted to become more involved with College Summit is that, with the volunteer work I do with high school students with disabilities. I meet these young people that are bright and have talent, and then they graduate and they cannot read or spell. These are people with learning disabilities. And in many cases, if the educator knew that there was technology today to help 
with the learning disability, it would have made a tremendous difference versus labeling the person and sticking them in a corner. So, you know, I, I know what you mean, and I think it's so important for us to make a change here. We, we absolutely have to raise the bar in terms of who's becoming an educator, and um, that's, that's vital to, um, to moving us back to, I mean, we were for at least two generations first in the world in college achievement, and, um, and so others are catching up with us across the world. More kids continue to go to college in the United States, but we're falling behind in uh, terms of number of graduates, and um, that's, that's important because as we look at the global economy, um, just because we're keeping up maybe with um, developing countries, that's not going to, um, you know, allow us to maintain our, our position in the world that, that uh, we've enjoyed for, for a couple of generations now. Right. And that, that uh, as you might imagine, think about corporations that are concerned about their future staffing. Absolutely. That's one of our focuses uh, in terms of long-range goals of the organization is to make sure that we're matching, um, you know, beginning with our corporate partners, uh, matching our students and their academic achievement with, uh, with job opportunities in, um, in the private and public sectors that we work with uh, to support our organization. Well, I know that even federal agencies, and, well, companies, whether it's Microsoft, Google, or intelligence agencies, go throughout the United States because of the lack of skills and training in the STEM technologies. Now, go back in time. If you have that problem with the educators in school, how are we going to correct that? Right. Well, honestly, um, it- Again, personal opinion here. We have to look at, at salaries for educators. I think we're um, we're not paying the salaries that attract qualified professionals, especially in uh, the STEM areas, because um, you know bright people go on to to other careers that that they can use their their STEM degrees uh, for you know more money than what they could get as a a physics teacher or a you know a math teacher or something like that but in my opinion there's no greater calling there's no greater responsibility than developing new people for for a society well you know what i agree with you 100% i say this all the time you know um and i love sports i love sports so much and i love music and i love all these things but we are willing we as the public to want to see our team, whoever they are, secure some player, whether it's $10 million, $50 million, whatever, you know, however much it right. is, because that's our team and we believe in that, but we don't want a teacher paid a fraction, not even a minuscule amount of money. And really, that's who is taking care of your children when you think about it. I like to talk about the GNP. When we talk about these economic arguments, you know, we, we, we talk about the GNP, but there's another GNP, and that's growing new people. And that's oh, very that's important. Good. Growing that's new people good. for our society, that's really 
you know, what, what teachers are charged with, and, and we're not paying them very well to, to complete that task. Yeah. Well, hopefully you're going to help change that, John. We so hope. right now we're getting ready to go to break. If you just joined us, we are talking to John Charles, Executive Director of the College Summit. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Don't go away. We'll be right back with John. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. At Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, our mission is to provide superior technology consulting services to our customers while creating career opportunities, independence, and freedom for people with disabilities. While the demand for skilled technology professionals is reaching an all-time high, over 13 million disabled Americans, many of them experts in technology, remain unemployed. Since 1995, Bender Consulting Services Incorporated has worked to solve these critical social and business issues by providing employers with reliable talent and giving individuals with disabilities the chance to display their talents and enhance their lives through solid careers. If you're a person with a disability seeking employment, send us your resume via email to resume at benderconsult.com. For more information about our services, visit www.benderconsult.com in the U.S. and www.benderofcanada.com in Canada. Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, providing and creating employment opportunities, freedom and independence for people with disabilities. www.benderconsult.com. Hi, I'm Greg Grunberg from the TV show Heroes. One of my personal heroes is my son, who, like more than 3 million Americans, has epilepsy. When someone with epilepsy is having a seizure, their brain is temporarily producing more electricity than their body can handle. They can shake or stare or fall down. They can also even briefly lose consciousness. If you see someone having a seizure, please make sure they're comfortable and safe. And within a few minutes or less, the electrical overload will stop and they will be okay. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org. Thank you. Now there's a new destination for video content, VoiceAmerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us support you. Find out which guests are being featured this week. Read our network press releases and read the blog posts from your favorite hosts. Go to iradioblog.com today. Powered by the Voice America Talk Radio Network. If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters. Here's Joy Spender. Hey, welcome back to the show. And a special shout-out to my dear friend Yoshiko Dart, who, by the way, is all about young people with disabilities, all about the disadvantaged. And we have to remember that is our future. You know, we've got to work in our country to get better educated for all. But for children with disabilities, many who are labeled fall through the cracks it's terrible. As a matter of fact, there's a young man uh, in my office today, and like many other young 
African-American males in schools sometimes get labeled, and in his case, he has a learning disability, and they had him, I've known him since 10th grade, and now he's a freshman in college, but they had him so low ranked uh, with an intellectual disability, which he does not have. He has a learning disability, and when he was retested, he scored all the way up. Now, something's wrong when things like this are happening. Something is terribly wrong. So that's why I hope all of you will get excited and interested in College Summit because this is a great organization that can help us make a difference. And, John, I remember when you told me the story of how College Summit was uh, founded. I wonder, would you mind sharing that story with our listeners? Yes. Our, um, our founder, J.B. Schramm, who's um, a great friend personally and just um, uh, an inspiration. He's a big part of why I love working with college, uh, at College Summit, working with our students. Um, J.B. Schramm was, was working in the basement of a housing project in the early 90s in, here in Washington, D.C. And he was working with a small group of students. And, and what Excuse me, what was, he, what was he by profession? JB is trained uh, actually in uh, 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 theology. Uh, he's a, I'm a Harvard graduate uh, in uh, divinity and uh, theology. And uh, what's interesting is how that sort of led to social entrepreneurship for him. Uh, wow. And uh, so working in this, in this housing project in an after-school program, he he discovered that you know these students that he's tutoring they don't think about college they, that's never really anything on their radar um, you know they're first generation students who uh, whose families you know the, the vocabulary of college we kind of call it college knowledge right the things like transcript and and GPA and major and those of us who have been to college or had parents who who went to college you know you kind of grow up hearing those things. And um, it's hard to imagine maybe a family situation or even just a community situation where none of that is really out there. That's no one's experience. And so, so students don't intrinsic the, the aspirational sort of aspect of that, the impact. They they don't have those aspirations. And um, so this was fascinating for JB and, and kind of heartbreaking too, in the sense that he discovered that so many of the of his students were so much better than their numbers. As you mentioned earlier, oftentimes um, uh, folks are labeled a certain way, and and once that label attaches, usually in elementary school, that person is is um, you know sort of pigeonholed the rest of the. Uh, the academic career, and so he was learning that these students were much better than maybe their ACT or SAT score would show, or maybe than their transcript would show, and so um, he was inspired to to push them to to go to college, and that they they could do it, and and maybe they were a little bit behind academically, but that could be you know they had the intelligence to catch up, and um, so. What's fascinating and so inspirational about JB is that he, instead of just continuing to work with that small group of students in the housing project, he had a vision for 
a national organization to help thousands of students in that same situation. And so uh, from that, that seed, from JB's you know, initial work uh, in D.C. in the early 90s, we're serving 50,000 students this school year across the country in more than 170 schools in uh, 13 different states. We have 12 regions in 13 states. And uh, so we're pretty proud of how far we've come, uh, you know, under JB's leadership in the last roughly 20 years now. Wow. See what can happen with a dream? It's truly an American an American dream. And, and what's beautiful about it is, in my mind, that, that it's, it's, it's all the lives that, that we've touched. I mean, more than... You know, more than 100,000 students at this point have come through the College Summit program, and um, you know the individual impacts, and and we hope uh, an impact in communities in all the areas we work. Right. Well, I mean, I just think that's wonderful. Yeah, you have a dream, and look what can happen. So, for um, our listeners, I thought you could tell them about that wonderful program you told me about in the summer where they get to go to a college campus. Could you explain that to everyone? Yes, absolutely. One of the things that we feel like is sort of our our um, signature uh, um, aspects of our program is our summer workshop, and that's an opportunity for rising 12th graders in the summer, um, you know, prior to their 12th grade year, we, we provide a mini college experience for them, a four-day um, experience on a college campus. They come to, uh, to the college campus on a Thursday morning. They meet a roommate that they don't know. They're going to be staying in the dorm for the next four days, through you know, Thursday through Sunday. They uh, eat in the cafeteria that we're trying to create in, in four days, sort of a, you know, a, a mini freshman year, so to speak. So during this four-day workshop, um, they get to meet one-on-one with a professional college coach, which is uh, for anyone out there who has children in high school and has had the opportunity to work with, uh, you know, independent college coaches, professional college coaches, um, you know, their fees are several hundred dollars an hour. So we feel like we're we're really providing this extra opportunity for kids who would never, you know, have that opportunity typically. And so a professional college coach, they meet one-on-one to develop, um, you know, a college list based on their interests. We kind of do backward planning. We find out what they're interested in, um, you know, and, and what careers kind of match that interest and then, and then how, um, you know, what major would be needed or what sort of post-secondary training would be needed for, that career, and then the professional coach would would develop a list with the student. Okay, what are next steps? Where are possibilities? Where can I go to get the the training that I need to you know to go into this career that I'm interested in? Um, additionally, they get they get um, uh, peer leadership training, and this is very important uh, in terms of the school year aspect of our program. We train them to be positive peer influencers. Uh, as they graduate the workshop, we call them peer leaders, and that's a title that we, you know, uh, internal jargon that we use, and, and we, um, we make sure that they are going back to their schools to provide a positive peer influence, positive peer pressure. So, 
instead of, you know, the old Nancy Reagan thing of just say no to drugs, we're saying, you know, just say yes to college, and we're using their peers to push them um, in that way. So not only do they go back and, and influence, we hope, their 12th grade peers, but also our program is, is for grades 9 through 12. And so we've seen great success with these these uh, 12th grade peer leaders influencing especially uh, 9th grade students. And um, one of the most heartbreaking things about um, secondary education right now is, is our dropout rate. And the dropout rate between the 9th and 10th grade is actually the greatest among the, the four years of high school. And so if we can get a positive 12th grade influence, one student to influence ninth graders who are at risk of dropping out, uh, we feel mm-hmm. like that's because obviously you can't go to college unless you complete high school. So if you drop out before you complete high school, then there's no hope of going to college. So that's one important aspect. Um, additionally, at the workshop, they do um, they do a personal statement, a, a reflective writing that they can use for admissions essays, for, for scholarship essays and, and applications. Um, and so the, the interesting thing there is not only do they develop this, this essay, but they work in small groups. We call them writing groups. And um, the writing group, each writing group of three or four students, is led by a professional volunteer from all different careers. So not only do they get sort of some mentoring from a, from a professional, but they see a variety of, of career possibilities. Um, and, you know, the response that we've had from our volunteers, the, the volunteer professionals, uh, in terms of the life-changing, you know, the, so many students tell us that the, the workshop is a life-changing experience and it, you know, it, it makes such a difference for them. But it's also interesting to get the adult feedback and to mm-hmm. hear how much the adults get out of volunteering. Um, you know, you you constantly hear, as much as a kid may get out of this program, I've gotten so much more as a volunteer uh, just in the in the three or four days that I spend, you know, as a as a writing coach. Um, so then we do a little banquet on Saturday evening for the students, kind of a ceremony where we share some samples of their writing and uh, invite their families and and other community folks in. Uh, and then they're charged with going back and being peer leaders, fulfilling their mission for their senior year. Now, how about their teachers, you know, at the school? What, right. what do they see? What is the reaction when they come back? What's interesting, we do, one of the aspects of the program is uh, ongoing professional development. Uh, typically we do um, a, a full day of, of professional development for educators in our partner schools at the beginning of the school year. And so one of the aspects of that training is to make certain that we're utilizing the, the, the group of peer leaders who are coming back you know, from the workshop over the summer, making sure that those peer leaders are engaged uh, throughout the school year and uh, engaged in, in classes where the College Summit school year curriculum is, is delivered and uh, in computer labs where the CS, uh, CS NAV, that's our online tool, it's a companion to our, our paper curriculum, making sure that peer leaders are being utilized, um, you know, in all aspects of the implementation of the program. Wow. Boy, that sounds great. And you know what? I know 
that it is possible to change uh, someone in a short time period because sometimes no one has paid attention before. Do you know what I mean? Right. Absolutely. That's, um... And if they have lowered the bar, their whole way of dealing with the person is going to be different. And then all of a sudden it's, wow, you mean I can do this? I mean, it's amazing the impact that that has on someone. So many of our students are not suffering from anything more than low adult expectations, and that is heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's the cycle that we seek to change. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm proud of what you're doing. And with that, we're going to go to break. Hey, if you just joined us, we're talking to John Charles, Executive Director of College Summit. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Don't go away. We'll be right back with John. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Hi, I'm Greg Grunberg from the TV show Heroes. One of my personal heroes is my son, who, like more than 3 million Americans, has epilepsy. When someone with epilepsy is having a seizure, their brain is temporarily producing more electricity than their body can handle. They can shake or stare or fall down. They can also even briefly lose consciousness. If you see someone having a seizure, please make sure they're comfortable and safe. And within a few minutes or less, the electrical overload will stop and they will be okay. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org. Thank you. Ever wondered what private investigators really do and how they go about solving cases? Each week, P.I.'s Declassified gives a glimpse into this little-known world. Join your host, Francie Kaler, a noted private investigator, in conversations with detectives and experts in the field. False confessions, forensic evidence, finding missing persons, exposing fraud, exonerating the innocent. All areas that Francie and her guests will cover, and have they got stories to tell. Tune in and call in to the live show Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, on Voice America Variety. We all face some economic uncertainty in our life. What makes the difference is how we take command of that and survive. Tune in to Strategies for Financial Survival with host Michael Figueroa. Michael has been up and down the road to success several times, and along with his guests, will share the skills of survival. By assessing your strengths and skills and applying them to your future, you can make it through tough times, regardless of your field. Listen every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. Hey, welcome back to the show, and if you just joined us, we've been talking to John Charles, the Executive Director of College Summit, and so interesting, sometimes so heartbreaking to hear some of these stories, but hey. He's working, and we're working together to make a difference. And, John, I know you have a lot of projects, not not just where you're working, wanting to work and do more work here, uh, but you have other projects you're working on. Would you mind sharing some of them? 
one of our most exciting uh, projects right now is is um, a companion curriculum to College Summit that deals with family engagement. We've we've partnered with the Mid Atlantic Equity Consortium uh, to develop a family engagement pilot in two of our schools this year. And the exciting thing about that is um, research shows that the single most influential factor in terms of people influencing student post-secondary decision-making is uh, not the high school counselor, not any educator, not even peers, which is sort of intuitive, but families. And so based on that, we we have partnered with... Uh, with Mayek to to develop a family engagement curriculum in which we uh, seek to those families especially who don't have knowledge of post-secondary planning and post-secondary access the the goal is to raise awareness and in many cases uh, allay some fears uh, one of the things when in working with low-income communities we find, and, and um, I know you're familiar with the, the work that Ruby Payne has done um, in terms of, of her, I think she called it Framework for Understanding Poverty, something to that effect. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea of, of universals, you know, in poverty there are universals that cut across all, um, you know, ethnic or, or geographical kinds of, of boundaries and um, so in terms of working in these low-income communities, we're, we're seeking to break the, the fear of, of education as an institution. You know, so many of our families didn't have a good experience in school themselves, and so they're very reluctant to, to come to school and to find out uh, information in terms of helping their student move forward and um, so if we can break that kind of fear and, and, and tear down the intimidation uh, factor, it's, it's very important. And also, uh, you know, in, in that same cycle of poverty, there's often the view of a student as uh, a sort of possession in the sense that, that families are often reluctant to let student go off to college or post-secondary training because the fear is, it will change the student, and so that there won't be anything in common anymore. There won't be that student won't be a part of the family, and and you know will go away and and take a job and that kind of thing. And so, one of the the amazing things about uh, just we've done this for two years now, and and one of the the interesting things that we're seeing is so many parents are finding interest in post secondary education now themselves. How do we get that GED? And you know, if if we dropped out of high school, or or maybe we finished high school, but we went right off to work. And um, but you know, now we need more training in order to secure our, our positions or get a better position. And so we've even had some some uh, you know family members, parents, and 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 students going off to college together. Uh, I think of of one of our partner schools where a young lady was interested in nursing, just going off to a two-year college for a nursing program. And uh, she was very close with her mother, and her mother um, 
had been sort of intimidated and shut out of post-secondary planning and, and, you know, didn't have a good experience with her guidance counselor as a student. And uh, so the mother and daughter this past fall went off to to this nursing program together. They're both starting the nursing program as oh. together. And so it's just beautiful to see not only did we make a difference, we hope, for this young lady, but, but you know, we're raising the um, the access level for for her her mother as well for the family and so it's um that's the kind of story that I think we need to get out there and uh make sure that that the people see the opportunities yeah and that that is just wow what a great story that is absolutely tremendous um well i wanted is would you use that or what would you use as your greatest success story I would say the greatest success story, um, you know, just that I've had personally working with the program uh, would come in in a school in, in West Virginia, Liberty High School. And we've had great success in West Virginia uh, and and now in our Pennsylvania expansion. Uh, the, uh, the cultural change, one of the things that we, you know, we talk about is not only are we looking at individual students, but through you know our our entire program in terms of of teacher training and um data is very important so many programs that focus on education are more anecdotal in terms of their successes i mean i can tell you a you know a heartwarming warming story but that's only one example right and that's is that an overall measure of success and so in terms of of that College Summit partners with Deloitte, the, the you know, leading accounting firm, to um, to track data, the implementation of our program, the completion of the the curriculum, and and the the milestones uh, in our online tool, and with the National Student Clearinghouse uh, to measure long-term trend data uh, for college enrollment rate and college persistence rates, and so. We're able not only to to bring personal stories of our success, but we feel also to to demonstrate our success in you know in a quantitative way uh, through our data. And so, Liberty High School, back to your question, uh, Liberty High School in in Raleigh County, West Virginia, um, stands as kind of an example of a place where we were able not only to influence individual student lives, but also to impact their overall academic culture. Uh, when we started working with Liberty High School, uh, out of the 118 high schools in West Virginia, Liberty was ranked 62nd. Not horrible, but clearly in the middle. I mean, if you look at the um, the position of what West Virginia is, is, I think, next to last in high school achievement in the nation, and so to be ranked wow. in the middle of the next to the last state in the nation, uh, you know, the old joke is, thank goodness for Mississippi, right, because I think they were last in the last rankings. So at least somebody finished below um, uh, West Virginia. But um, So Liberty that first year was ranked right in the middle of the schools in the state. Um, after working with College Summit in all four grades, and this was an experiment, uh, Originally, we were a 12th grade program. Just in the last three or four years, we've actually expanded to grades uh, 9 through 11 as well um, because, again, we feel like the impact 
of the program, the earlier the better in, in getting students focused on post-secondary achievement. And so after a couple of years of implementation, Liberty was ranked seventh in the state. Academic wow. System. Yes. And um, so the principal... That's unbelievable. I, I know. And the principal gives us more credit maybe than I'm, I'm comfortable taking in some cases because... You know, we don't actually do academic preparation. We're not talk. We're not doing test prep work. You know, we're not trying to raise your math skills or anything like that. Ours is more about aspirational post-secondary planning, and and our academic focus is on the importance of academic rigor, and you know, in order to achieve these post-secondary, um, uh, post-secondary dreams. And so, we had a pilot program at Liberty grades 9 through 12, and, and we looked at data, we looked at predictors. Uh, you know, national um, statistics uh, research shows that if a kid has a B or better in English, a B or better in math, um, has attendance that is, um, I think the parameters were 14 days. So if a kid missed 14 days or fewer, in the school year, had a GPA of 3.25 or better, if, if any two of these factors were in place, then that kid would generally graduate and go on to college. Is that right? So we, wow. we, we studied these, these parameters for Liberty, and we met, you know, um, I guess every six weeks, every grading period, we met and we reviewed the data with the principals and the counselors and a group of teachers. And um, what's interesting is the principal gives this pilot program credit for sort of refocusing the academic rigor in the school. And so when we talk about college-going culture and how College Summit impacts college-going culture, um, you know, it's it's little things. You walk into a school and you see you see, um, you know, college pennants in the cafeteria. You see the College Summit banner that says, we are going to college. You, you walk down the hallways, uh, you know, and you see on each teacher's door, uh, you know, the, their, the teacher's qualifications, the teacher's um, degrees, and, and the schools from which those teachers graduated. And so... You're, you're giving little signals, little markers to kids as they go through their school and they experience the day, little, little messages of college is important. You know, for, for so many of our students, especially in low-income communities, their teachers may be the only college-educated people that they interact with at all in their whole community. Now, and let me ask you this. Yes. What happens to people... Students who have the D's, and it's already that they're a junior or senior, then what? Right. That's one of the most heartbreaking things that we deal with, especially in the summer workshop. And that's why, you know, we, we move to include grades 9 through, through 12. Um, because often, you know, if, if you're, you've completed your junior year and you have a, a 1.2 GPA or something, then your, your post-secondary options are very limited, and so you may have to spend a year or two catching up academically to be able to, to do the four-year degree that you want or to go to the particular college that you, 
you want. And so the idea is with our ninth grade curriculum, which we call Clean Slate, and um, the idea is that, you know, junior high, middle school, uh, you know, that can be um, a very rough time for students just, you know, developmentally. And so often you get behaviors that are not always productive and, you know, academic achievement is not where you really want it to be. And so the message to students as they enter the ninth grade is you're starting over. You know, your permanent record in life really begins at the ninth grade. It, it begins at the, at the beginning of high school. And so the, the idea that we're trying to plant is that high school is a launch pad for everything else you're going to do in life, whatever that is, whatever you want to do. And so, so getting that kid focused academically in the ninth grade year so that we don't have those kids in the middle of the summer of the junior year saying, I've got a 1.2 grade point average, what can I do? Mm-hmm. Uh, if you focus them early, then you know the goal is to prevent those academic situations from keeping them from going on to whatever it is that, that they you know dream about doing. Yeah. Yeah, because that's a sad situation. And that's why I also tell people, and of course they still have to get back to, you know, working hard about even going into uh, apprentice-type opportunities. You know what I mean? Yes, absolutely. Um, That's one of the things that we do try to focus on, especially, you know, since the the downturn in the economy uh, a few years ago, four-year college is not, we realize it's not for everyone, and it's not necessarily, um, you know, depending on your career aspirations for your college, it's not necessarily the appropriate training. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, college, though college is a part of our name, that's only a portion of what we're actually, um, you know, encouraging students to, to do. Career and technical education is very important, uh, sort of a 13th year in a local vocational or career and technical center, uh, you know, associated with the high school, those those certificate programs are very important. Um, uh, anybody who's tried to get, you know, a car worked on or a heating and air conditioning unit fixed or, you know, sort of the level of, of, of skill and sort of expertise in, in what, you know, we've traditionally called the trades. Uh, some of that has has gone away, and so we need, I think, to refocus and sort of raise the status of of you know being a welder or being uh, a hairdresser or whatever those things that aren't necessarily associated with four-year college, whatever those careers are, those are you know certainly viable and important for our society as well. Mm-hmm. Well, if a school is listening right now, they're interested in getting involved. What would they do? The best thing would be to contact me personally, and um, I can give you. Uh, should I just give you my my email address now, or? Yeah, that's fine. Okay, it's it's J as in John Charles C H A R L E S at College Summit dot O R G. Again, that's J Charles C H A R L E S at College Summit dot O R G, and I'll be happy to um, to help with anyone who wants to get involved with the program uh, from a school district perspective, from a uh, a funder perspective, from a volunteer perspective. Um, I'm happy to 
to help direct those um, those interests. Mm-hmm. Well, that is awesome. Now, how about a company? How about a company listening that would like to be a sponsor or get involved with funding? What about that? Same thing. If you would just email me, I can um, can direct you, uh, you know, to a region across the country or to our particular region in Pennsylvania, West Virginia. Uh, there are so many opportunities, not only for financial support, but also for uh, for volunteer support. I mentioned Deloitte earlier. Uh, Deloitte not only provides financial support for College Summit, but uh, uh, they're um, an amazing supporter through pro bono efforts. Uh, they have such expertise in terms of, you know, financial and and you know management consulting and that sort of thing. Um, that's just one example of of the many um, corporate and foundation partners that we have across the country. Awesome, wonderful. <coughs> well, I I have enjoyed this so much, but <coughs> I wanted to talk a little bit to you. You know, before I asked you about your accomplishments, <clears throat> you seem like so motivated in all these areas. Uh, who who impacted you? Who would you say was your role model? I was blessed with with teachers who um, who inspired me to go into education. Um, I was a very academic person as a student, and um, my family had different maybe aspirations for me career-wise, and uh, uh, unfortunately in our society, education is not seen as um, something always that bright people should go into uh, and or academically successful. I'm not going to necessarily label myself as bright, right? But, uh, but academically successful people typically don't go into education, uh, certainly at the secondary level. And, and so... Uh, you know, I, 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 the generation of teachers that I had, they were they were of the greatest generation. We talked earlier about the, um, you know, <laughs> prior to women's liberation, so many females went into education. I certainly was a, a beneficiary of that. So many of my uh, teachers were, sort of World War II generation, really bright, motivated ladies who who pushed me and my classmates. To succeed, and um, that was inspirational to me. And so, as I've, as I've, you know, enjoyed a career in education as a teacher and administrator, and and now with College Summit, what I've seen is, I've gone from the classroom of influencing, you know, 25 or 30 students at a time, now to, to you know, whole school level or district level, and 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 now with College Summit, I've I've been blessed to to work with, you know, thousands of students over the last few years and to be able to help influence them. I mean, in in, in our region alone, uh, in Pennsylvania and West Virginia, we're working with almost 9,000 students just this school year. And, and the national organization, we're working with, you know, a little more than 50,000 uh, students. And so to be a part of influencing that many lives, you know, so many kids every year that I don't even meet, uh that just I like to stop and think about that sometimes and it you know, when I'm bogged down in frustrating details of my work, um that kind of keeps me going. It's it's amazing how that can recharge your batteries pretty quickly. <clears throat> yeah. 
Well, I'm glad that it does, but I can see why it does. Well, John, you have already, obviously, just as you're talking about, accomplished so much in your life. What would you say is your greatest accomplishment? I think um, what I said just a second ago. I I think, uh, you know, being able to influence thousands of students through the work that I do, uh, it's, it's gratifying that, you know, I get up every day and I actually look forward to to my job. I look forward to, I feel like I'm, I'm making a difference for other people. It's not just a job that I go and, you know, complete a task and, and that kind of thing. Uh, so, you know, I hope that that, you know, there's a spiritual connection there, I guess, in, in terms of, um, you know, I, I think of myself as a, as a person of faith, and that also satisfies, you know, just internally, um, my desire to to try to help others, and um, so I feel like I'm using my efforts for something bigger than myself. I know how you feel. Yeah. Well, you are. You're giving back. Thank you. And that is what it's all about, giving back. Absolutely. So, so if you had a message, one message that you wanted to leave with our listeners today, what would that be, John? I would say that we want to think about uh, I want our listeners to take away an economic message. I want them to think about the preparedness of our workforce, and I want them to think about what we talked about earlier of the of the other GNP, the growing of new people, and how that is the responsibility of everyone in society to grow new people and to uh, you know foster the the careers, the academic preparation, and, and, and the, then the, you know, the planning and, and execution of career preparation for, for all of our young people, and to make sure that we're not just focusing on certain aspects of our society. We want to focus, and this is the message at College Summit, and I know you will appreciate this because of the work that you do with the Bender Academy, all students. We need to focus on all students, not just certain students or, or uh, you know, certain aspects of society, but all students need to be uh, college and career ready. Yeah, I agree. Well, I want to thank you, John, for being our guest today. I have so much enjoyed having you, and I hope everyone checks out College Summit. What is the website? CollegeSummit.org collegesummit.org. Check it out. We end every show with a quote from a leader that has impacted America. Today, this quote is from Gandhi, who said, live as if you were to die tomorrow, learn as if you were to live forever. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters, at voiceamerica.com. Talk to you next week. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com. 
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.